Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of The Chilling Coven. I am your host, Ross Coltrane Jones, Airhorn. Um, I got my two co-hosts here tonight. My, my, my pal, my buddy, my pal, E.J. Leeson. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing great. I had a, an awesome weekend. Yeah, yeah. Did we some... said we celebrated your birthday. Yeah. Karaoke we... style. Karaoke style, a little laser tag, yeah. a little comic book convention. Yep. It was sweet. Yeah, we did some acapella outside. Oh, yeah. Afterwards. A little, a little acapella yeah. for sure. And that we were there awesome. for three in the morning, till three in the morning. Yeah, I don't know why we were doing that. <laughs> yeah. Chris snuck away, but like, you know, we just kept talking. <laughs> Chris is like, see ya. Uh, but, and with and, us And today, uh, Chris Conforti, other co-host. Yeah. What's up, bud? How's so, it going? How eh, nothing much. How about you guys? Not, not much. <laughs> These guys are so like, formal. <laughs> Uh, pardon me, sir. <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, I'm like, hey, what's up, what's up? And you're like, hello, how are you? Uh, there it is. <laughs> Ross is like, great, how about you? <laughs> Somebody has to maintain a formal and very, you know. Sorry. Yeah, we got to balance it out, you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we want to be a little bit more professional. Okay, okay. Choo, choo. okay this, is, uh, this is Sabrina... Uh, chapter 3, The Trial of Sabrina Spellman. It's directed by Rob Seedinglands. And uh, he's known for the, the show The Following, Legends of Tomorrow, Riverdale, Season 1, Episode 12, Anatomy of a Murder, Season 2, Episode 1, A Kiss Before Dying, uh, Season 2, Episode 9, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, and this is written by Ross Max Maxwell. He's known for uh, the show Glee, Teen Wolf, Riverdale, uh, season 1, Episode 5, Heart of Darkness. Season 2, Episode 3, Watcher in the Woods. And Season 2, Episode 14, The Hills of Eyes. Oh, wonderful. All those, they're actually, um, Ross Maxwell yeah. wrote some of my favorite episodes. Like yeah. episodes of Riverdale. Yeah, he, I know. Um, I, he, see, I knew he sounded familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I knew he was in Riverdale. Yeah. Okay. So we're ready to start this extremely long yeah. Episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Doesn't seem like it's longer, but for me, it's long. it was long. It's long. This yeah. is one of my favorite episodes so far. I I think to me, like this, um, edges out one and two. I thought this was the best out of those three that we've seen so far. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I am I going like to make a bold statement that this might be, this one might be a little bit harder to top for me. Um, right. With what might come, just because of all the yeah. Daniel Webster stuff, which I absolutely loved. But let's just let's just jump on into it. So the episode opens up with Sabrina running, and then her getting really sick. And Miss Wardwell shows up and asks if Hawthorne said something hideous. Sabrina says no, and and pretty much just runs away. Yeah. Um, Ambrose asks Hilda in another scene uh, how to get a familiar to talk to them. And Ambrose wants to try to figure out how Connor died, and we find out uh, from Zelda that familiars are bound to their witches and that it will die without its witch. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting, because that answers a lot of questions, too, um, that Salem, only Sabrina can understand Salem. Yeah. They didn't really address that the first two episodes, mm-hmm. and so this kind of clears that up a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Not to yeah. my liking, but it does clear it up. I, right. I, I, I get some notes for this. This time I have notes. Oh, jeez. 
I, lo I love the opening scene of this episode with uh, Miss uh, Wardwell, you know? And I, lo I like the opening scene with Ambrose. He's, he's so hilarious. He like, is. Stuff, he is. The, the stuff he says, like, he's so funny. Yeah. I love his robe. I am. Uh, robe is pretty cool. I'm a fan of the robe, too. Me, too. Me too, man. Um, so Sabrina keeps having flashbacks to her encounter with the Dark Lord. Harvey asks if she's okay. And then Ryan, Roz finds out her book has been rejected for a report she's doing. Susie says, we'll take the fight to Hawthorne, but Sabrina just seems shell-shocked still. Yeah. Um, so then the next scene is, is with Hawthorne, and Hawthorne says that they don't ban books. And my, one of my favorite parts of the whole episode is he asks Sabrina if he'd grown a second head, and she's just absolutely terrified by it. Yeah, yeah. And, She's like, no. And he's like, well, why Why are you looking at me as if I had? And I, I just thought that that was interesting because she's clearly terrified of Hawthorne uh, still. And um, so he does say, though, that certain titles may have no place in the hands of impressionable youths. Yeah. Um, so the next scene that we see is Sabrina, Susie, and Roz start to look for all of these books in yeah, the library. The library yeah. They ask Mrs. Curtis where all the books are. Yeah. She says they were checked out a while ago, and a few years ago, uh, there was a soft purge of books. Yeah, and I, um, I, I just, I wonder, like, who checked the books out that they're looking for? Like, who the hell was it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't have any records. <laughs> because Miss Curtis went on a big purge of the books and was yeah. doing this. Yeah, yeah. It's probably Wordwell. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> that witch. <laughs> so, so Zelda tells Sabrina that she's received an infernal summons yeah. and she's been charged with a breach of promise. And essentially she's going to be judged and tried in front of the entire coven. Yeah. The Dark Lord is determined to get her to sign the book. Yeah. Sabrina reveals that she saw him today and actually threatened her. But Sabrina says she doesn't care, and she's not going to the academy, yeah. and she's not standing trial. Mm -hmm. um, seems like up until Zelda says that Hilda and her have been also summoned and are on trial also for Sabrina's actions, because her actions are actually their actions. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that, they've actually been stripped of their powers. Right, and they're, they're aging. They're rapidly. aging very quickly. Yeah. I actually love that. They're like, you know, your Aunt Hilda lost a tooth already. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she like, smiles, smiles and it's like, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love those two. They're so good. Um, so, so good. So there's a, a, it cuts to a different scene and Sabrina's asking Ambrose if yeah. she can fight this. And Ambrose brings up the legend of Daniel Webster who specializes in witch law. Yeah. And the rumor is he's actually once beaten the devil. Uh, so then there, uh, we cut to a different scene, and Zelda is asking Blackwood to stop the public trial. Blackwood will be the Dark Lord's prosecutor. Mm -hmm. Blackwood says Sabrina has to beg for forgiveness. And um, when she he's touching her, a piece of Zelda's hair actually comes off. A yeah. long strand yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, hair. he like brushes her hair back behind her head, and it just comes just, out. Just comes right <laughs> and out. she's just like... <laughs> Grabs it out of his hand yeah. and is like, "I'll talk to you later." And she like jets. Yeah, there's like, like two, 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 yeah. Feet, two strands of hair. Yeah, she's she's gone. Not two strands. It's like a glob. No, it's like a big. It's like <laughs> no, yeah, strands. I know. It's I a know. big thing. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, they, she takes one piece and she takes another piece. <laughs> so then we get an interesting encounter between Blackwood and Miss Wardwell. 
and they discuss Sabrina's fate. And they argue about whose fault it actually was that Sabrina did not sign the book. Wardwell said her job was merely to ease her to the altar, which she did get there, Mm -hmm. and that her job was done, and then it was up to Blackwood to sign the book, and actually Blackwood is to blame. Blackwood says her will was weak, and that he will be the hammer to drive the nail home. And uh, one thing I did find interesting with this is we find out that Wardwell is a demoness. We we did find that out right. in, in this this scene, which we knew that something was going on with her, like she was some sort of evil. But this right. is the first scene I think where we find out that she is a demoness. Um, Sabrina goes to visit Daniel Webster. She tells him she's been charged with breach of promise, and Webster says, "Oh, that's a tough one." Uh, he says he can't help her, and he doesn't practice anymore. And the scene ends with Daniel Webster staring at a photo of a little girl, which will come to play later on. Yeah, I got some notes for this. <laughs> Daniel Webster in this episode looks like he likes to save everything and uh, he, his house is a mess. I think he's a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I, it looks like. You I don't know, know what? <laughs> he might be a hoarder. <laughs> That's a good call. You know what? I saw a lot of books there, and maybe he's the one that maybe checked all the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, all, the right? he's the one. He's the one. He might have been. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what you... it looked like to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a hoarder. <laughs> Are you going to keep that? Okay, I'll, I'll take it for you if you want. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I like that. <laughs> so Harvey is drawing, and then we get introduced to the best character in the whole show, and Tommy, no, the father. Oh, who <laughs> I don't like. Is the nicest guy in the world. Oh, the best. And he demands that Harvey is going to work in the mines. It kind of makes you feel like our hometown there. Har- like if you were living in the old days, uh, yeah. you were working in those mines. Har- Harvey's dad is terrifying in this episode. You think he's scarier than Hawthorne as the devil? No, not scary. <laughs> scarier than him, but scary. He's second. Yeah, he's like right under there. Yeah, second. yeah. <laughs> So Sabrina, Hilda, and Zelda walk to the trial. Blackwood is speaking about accusations against Sabrina. <laughs> what? I'm just like, oh, Daniel Webster is a hoarder. Sorry. <laughs> um, <coughs> go ahead, man. So then there's like these 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 demons that are kind of like the... I like to think... I, I kind of think of them as like those entities in uh, the Green Lanterns. I, I, That's what I, they kind of reminded me of. Like oh. those little... Bastards in like the, the circle. Guardians, yeah. yeah. I, I I got something for this when you're done. You know, and, and the the executioner there or the plaintiff, I don't know what he is, but he looks like a cenobite, doesn't he? Yeah, he kind of does, which is actually kind of interesting because there is a cenobite line coming up on that, which I did find. Oh. So it's actually kind of interesting that you said that. Oh, how about that? Yeah. So Blackwood <laughs> says she will burn for 333 years in the pit. She ha- she's asked how she pleads. Daniel Webster bursts through the door and says, not guilty. Uh, Blackwood says Webster is not unknown to the court, but yeah. unwelcome in it, nor was he invited. Yeah. Webster says that's untrue and that Sabrina is his client. Uh, then we cut to a scene and Zelda is ripping mad. She yeah. is. I, I got something here before you keep going on here. Uh, one of Father Blackwood's jury members, the keep the guy, the demons you're talking about, looks like the crazy guy in the basement in the restaurant in the Goonies movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Sloth? Yes, yeah, sloth. What? Oh 
sloth. Yeah. Oh my That's god. That's what he looks like. That's what he looks like. What the hell? So I'm gonna apologize to the oh listeners god. out here. Oh. Ross has been like very souped up on jingle jangle before coming over here. Oh my god. That's what he looks like. He's like, Maybe <laughs> I am I am done. That's the episode, guys. That's it. We got a short one today. Oh my god. Okay. Ross, um, your notes are the best. So Zelda says that she knows who Daniel Webster is and that he was sniffing around her brother years ago. Webster tells Sabrina her father is the reason he came to Greendale and that her father actually taught him which law and he simply wants to return the favor. So we go to the next scene and Sabrina's asked if she knows what a promise is at the trial. She says she did not do it. She did not make a promise. Blackwood says Sabrina and the Dark Lord were essentially courting each other. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. And he brings up this this analogy um, that Webster will eventually turn it face down where he says, you know, you said you were going to do it. You yeah. came all the way into the, the, you know, you went all the way through the forest and you wore the dress and you were right there for the ritual. Oh, Blackwood. Yeah. And yeah. you you broke your promise right at the end. This was like you guys were getting married and you broke it. And yeah. Daniel Webster asks if that's the the case, where's the proof? Mm-hmm. Where's the marriage license? Right. Which I thought was a great retort. And he says, there's no contract, there's no case. Well, it turns out, Blackwood submits the Book of the Beast. And Sabrina sees her name in it. Yes. Um, signs only a few days after she was born. Right. So... So that's an an interesting thing. I, I, I like the look of the courtroom. Uh, I think it's so awesome and just really cool, really dark. Like it's just dark looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really cool. For so, the Church of Night, yeah, it's yeah. pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> so Zelda's called up and she confirms her brother and her signed her name, promising Sabrina's soul to the Dark Lord. And now it's Sabrina's turn to get mad. A bargain was struck. We find out that the Dark Lord allowed her father to marry her mother in exchange for Sabrina's soul. We get to the next scene. It cuts to Daniel Webster studying when his daughter's ghosts visit him. And we see at the end, Miss Wardwell walks behind and disappears. It's a a really, really cool film trick that they Mm -hmm. use where she walks behind one of his... (laughs) pile of books that he's hoarding um uh the daughter walks behind and then out walks uh madam satan making it look like she transformed from the daughter to madam satan uh or wardwell i mean but um i thought that was really cool because it's just so simple but effective oh i agree um dana webster so that that that's essentially where that leaves off um yeah, and I, and I think I think Daniel Webster's daughter is creepy looking. Well, she's dead, so <laughs> I know, but she she still looks creepy. <laughs> she would have looked better if she looked normal, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in the picture, she looks she looks in the picture, she looks cute. Right? <laughs> That's because she's alive. Yeah, she's yeah, alive. I know. yeah, I know. I know. So, <laughs> Harvey and Sabrina are walking, and they talk about each other's family troubles. <laughs> Oh Harvey tells Sabrina eight years ago he hid in the mines and he saw a goat creature standing there. Yeah. At the school, Miss Wardwell says Wicca is making their voices heard. 
Roz has a list of books that are banned. And she's about to insult Hawthorne when he's actually standing right behind, behind her yeah. and says that the school board is actually reviewing the matter. Mm-hmm. The school board and the PTA. Yeah. Great. Which is good for Roz. At the viewing, Ambrose sees someone standing in the back. We find out that his name's Luke. Right. Ambrose tries to dig into Connor's past a bit. He learns a little bit more about the iguana. Yeah, Ambrose is dropping some hints. He's like, oh yeah, he had a pet iguana. He's like, are you familiar with iguanas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Luke's like, oh, yeah, man. I, <laughs> I, I know what I, you're saying. I like, I like the blazer that Ambrose has on in, in the funeral scene. It's so stylish and cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, Wardwell's coming up with a scrapbook, and we get a very Nightmare on Elm Street scene with uh, no one except Sabrina seeing, a, seeing Dan Webster's daughter. Yeah. Right. Sabrina follows her, who leads her to that scrapbook, and it essentially says the Defender of the Damned. That is Daniel Webster's nickname. Mm-hmm. And it's all these negative articles about Daniel Webster and how we got child rapists out and just the low of the low. And Webster says everyone... So Sabrina essentially goes out there to confront Dan Webster about this and why he's helping her. Webster says everyone is entitled to a defense, which I agree with. I think Daniel Webster is 100% right on that. Everyone is entitled to a defense. And Sabrina essentially fires him right there. Daniel Webster stopped and explains that he made a deal with the devil to become the greatest lawyer and signed his name away. He realized after it was too late what was going on with all the cases that he was getting. And he tells the story of how he set a man free, who then, after he was set free, broke into his home and killed his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Webster thinks that he can save Sabrina. It's such a messed up story. I, uh, like, it is, and it's such a heartbreaking story, too. Yeah. Because yeah. at first you're like, what is the relationship between him and that girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I didn't know until, until that. Like, that particular moment. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God. Like, like that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a crazy, crazy it, it's thing. It's a cool reveal, but at the cost of, like, why he feels so obligated to defend Sabrina mm-hmm. because of all the bad that happened. You know, like, releasing all, like, getting all these guys off for murder or whatever mm-hmm. and it, it came back to bite him and I think now he wants to do anything in his power to help people get out of contracts with the devil which is wonderful Yeah. so we go to another scene at the trial Webster is questioning Hilda and Zelda he asks was Sabrina born a mortal woman they say yes because she's half mortal Webster contends she's only half subject to the laws of the court Right. Webster then demands a jury of mortals. Yeah, all mortals. And then we uh, cut scene, and Ambrose hears knocking, and Luke is behind him. Yeah. We find out that Luke is a warlock. Right. And then things get kind of interesting, and they get down to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... It's a really... There's so many cool Easter eggs that we'll talk about later in the yeah. episode. Yeah. But I like that scene a lot. I that's thought that, that's one of my favorite scenes of the show, so like of this episode so far. Yeah, I don't know what to think of Luke so far. Yeah, is there I like a really little bit them. of you? Is there a little bit of you that thinks that he killed Connor a little bit? Because we still don't have like a 
a confirmation of yeah. Yeah. That's just, very true. He just seems like a little bit of a... He just seems like a little bit of a... How do I want to say it? I don't know. He, he just, seems... Che- like, like, he seems snaky. Or, snaky or, and... I don't know. Just something about him. Like, I, I get a chick vibe from him. Yeah. For some yeah. Reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I get a chick vibe from him. You know him. who he looks like? Um, like a Kmart Ansel Agger baby driver. Did you think that too? We're like, is that baby driver? I've started this, folks, too. <laughs> whenever, whenever somebody is, or somebody or something does not live up to your expectations, you call them a Kmart version of something. I, I call people Kmart versions of everything. I do. No. Um, yeah. That's 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 my claim to life so far. Is that? <laughs> that's the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> so, pretty much. No, no, no. So we get to the different scene, and Blackwood says if the question is of Sabrina being a witch, that Sabrina must be bound and dropped into what's called the trial by water. Essentially, that is is it's a it's a mortal test. He says if she floats, she's a witch. Mm-hmm. If she drowns, she's mortal. Which, anyway, doesn't seem to go well for Sabrina. Yeah. It's, Both ways, she kind of loses. Yeah, it kind of contradicts itself a little yeah, bit. A little bit. Or... I always thought that was the worst test of all time, but go ahead. Or she has a second one. And that is she gets to be stripped and examined by the entire coven for her witch's mark, which is essentially her, her birthmark. Yeah. Zelda forbids this. Blackwood comes into the house when they're all done with the, the evening's trial. And he says that there is another path. And he will wave, the Dark Lord will wave the sentence and allow yearly visits to her mortal friends. But she must sign the book. That's, right. that's the, the deal that's being offered. Yep. Webster says that they won't accept the deal. And Zelda thinks that this is crazy because... It's so rare, she says, that the Dark Lord has been moved by the situation to offer a deal. And Webster's right, because Webster says, yeah, you're right. Think about that. Why offer a deal? It's a trick. Yeah. Then we get another quick shot of Salem crying, which is the only scene of Salem in this episode, which is a big negative. But we will go on. (laughs) Ambrose wakes to find Luke is gone, but a telephone number has been inscribed. And we also see that the iguana has died, which again leads me to Shady Luke. Oh, it's really interesting because I was like, what's wrong with this iguana? But you could see the goblin features mm-hmm. poking out of the goblin. Did uh, did you notice that? Because I like paused it and I was like looking mm-hmm. and you could see like a, a little goblin head popping out of it the front of it and then like his hands coming out of it too yeah Yeah. cold heart prediction luke took out the iguana it seems awful coincidental and i I, I like what ambrose says he's like oh you did it again ambrose or something oh uh, spellman yeah Yeah. did it again spellman and i I like the song that's playing like in that scene yeah it's a good song yeah that's a it's a good scene So I do too, and I'm I mention it later, like, like the song that's playing and yeah. all. There's a yeah. lot of Easter eggs in that, but yeah. So we'll we'll definitely show that out. Um, just a, a a photo that was taken of the goblin popping out, right? Which is actually pretty cool. 
So we get a scene then of Sabrina and Harvey walking again. Yeah. Lord knows, these two walk everywhere. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, it's no wonder why... He like, had a truck in the first episode. What happened to that yeah, truck? Yeah. Now all of a sudden, like this is this turned into Lord of the Rings. All they do is they, walk. They, they they love the woods. The woods is like yeah. their 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 hideout or something. Every time I see or them, they're up. walking. Like hey, relax. Hey, you know that's what they like to do, man. They yeah. take little strolls. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this scene essentially is Sabrina asking Harvey to examine her whole body for the birthmark. Uh, at the school, Roz and Susie find out that the PTA said they can explain their case in three months. Yeah. We find out that Roz's optic atrophy, and in three months or less, she's going to go totally blind. Yep, that's really sad. And it's, that's a really, it's a really sad scene. That's yeah, that's that actually Wardwell a really good hears. scene. Yeah, Wardwell overhears it, and yeah. you're like, oh, what is she going what to do? What is she up to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The rest yeah. of the series. Yeah. Then we get a scene of Harvey going into the mines. Harvey only gets so far before he gets spooked. Yeah. And he sees a flash of the goat creature. Yeah. Tommy tells him to go home. Yeah. In another scene, we have Sabrina decides she will not take the deal. She doesn't have a witch's mark. Zelda says it's beneath her dignity. And we definitely get to see noticeable signs now of them aging very rapidly. Yeah, both Hilda and Zelda have white hair now mm-hmm. and wrinkles. Yeah. And in this moment, we get a really cool nod. Hilda's like, you guys go ahead. I'll, I'll catch up with you. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And like even their ages, like you could hear it in their voices. Yeah. You know? Hilda rushes up the stairs too and she does a spell and she grabs a Peter's Rabbit Baby record book. Yeah. Yeah. And she, that's it. And, um, we get another scene. Harvey is drawing. When his dad assaults him, Tommy breaks it up. And Tommy says that he won't let Harvey waste his life away. Yeah. Not I mean, like. Yeah. He's and, like. Yeah. And then yeah. He, meant, he meant him, but he didn't like finish his sentence. Yeah. Right. Sabrina says she's willing to submit to the test. Of her going naked for the birthmark. Hilda busts in and hands the book to Daniel Webster. Webster submits evidence that uh, his that her mother and Hilda had her baptized. Yeah. Which right. is the big reveal from this episode. And she was baptized from the Holy Mother Church of Greendale. Blackwood says now there are competing claims on the soul of Sabrina. Webster says that this is the binding contract because it was signed one day before Edward signed Sabrina's name, rendering the other subscription in the Book of the Beast null and void. Yes. Yeah. That is the big reveal. Yeah, it's huge. And you know what's really funny? It kind of made me laugh because Hilda runs in and she, like, throws (laughs) throws the book down onto the desk, right? Yeah. And... Daniel Webster is looking at it and she's like pointing out the info. Yeah. He's like, are you sure? And yeah. it reminds me of like every court case thing. Like someone runs in with like yeah. new evidence. Yeah. Throws it down on the table and the person's like, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. They, I, they do that in Law and Order with uh, Casey a lot. All the time. Isn't yeah. it Casey? I think her name is. I think so. I think yeah. her name is Casey. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Like this is real evidence. This is real? <gasps> yeah. I can't believe it. Every time. Well, 
I I always think that that's that's interesting. So Blackwood says that this is outrageous, and Sabrina stands and says, "No, that's not outrageous. The Dark Lord's behavior is outrageous." Yeah. And as sure as we see that, we get flames shoot right up yeah. from the floor yeah. of the courtroom. Or, well, the, tr- yeah. And it opens up, and it looks like they're being called down. Lord yeah. Blackwell and, and uh, Daniel Webster. Blackwood, I mean. Sorry. Yeah. Daniel Webster says that she just forced the Dark Lord to the bargaining table. <laughs> yeah. Zelda just can't believe this new revelation. Yeah. We yeah. find out that. Sabrina's dad didn't know she was baptized. So there's a little bit of Yeah, like Sabrina even says that. She's like, oh, great. So both of my parents were liars. My dad deceived my mother and my mother deceived my father. Mm -hmm. And that's when they're like, don't speak ill of your parents. That's, well, that's I kind of thought was interesting because Zelda does kind of like a Christian line on that because she's like, honor thy mother and thy father. Right, yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Maybe that's something from... A passage I don't know of, or yeah. maybe that'd be more of a thing for the for our friendly neighborhood witch. But uh, yeah. isn't that a commandment? Either I, thy father, uh, honor thy father and mother. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no notes for that. Oh, God. So what we what we what we do oh have gosh. notes for is the courts because they have reached a decree. Sabrina shall retain her mortal life on one condition: she has to attend the Academy of Unseen Arts. Yeah. So this is what they put it like: dual citizenship, right. and she accepts this, and full power is restored once again yeah. to the Sabrina. Yeah, I like when Zelda. She's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm young again." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Praise the Dark Lord. Yeah. Praise so, Satan, I think she's. And, and then Hilda, like, touches her teeth, and she's like, oh, I got all my teeth. <laughs> yeah. So then we're going to get, to me, the real end of this episode is going to be one thing I'd like to talk about in the negatives right. of this. So Sabrina thanks Daniel Webster for helping her win, and he offers this advice, and that is to learn <laughs> everything that she can about her adversary and fight him. And he says, nobody's ever beaten the devil, but you just might. Yeah. I think that is a great, a great scene. I totally agree with that. So our uh, last few scenes, Zelda says Hilda has been excommunicated from the Church of Night because of her part in the Christian baptism. Mm-hmm. Our next scene is with Miss Wardwell and Blackwood, and they're talking again. Wardwell says that it was a half victory for Blackwell, and a half victory is no victory at all. Wardwell says her bond is to the mortals, the people, for Sabrina. And the way to do it is you have to break them apart one by one. And then we see Raz's eyes go really black. And it's yeah. weird, kind of like demon eyes. Yeah, like from, I, I was from, wondering, like what is what is Roz what is Roz turning into at the end of the episode? I'm thinking it's a demon. I, I'm not sure if it's in the same universe as. I I felt like it, it was obviously Wardwell that's doing it to yeah. her. Oh sure, and maybe it's like amplifying her blindness. That's how I took it mm. at first, but I wasn't sure. People's eyes just don't generally go black when they go blind. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm saying word, it, it was part of the curse that she 
implanted on Roz. So that's why her eyes like go like that and it, it freaks her out. But I, I don't know if it was like a spell to kind of hurry up the blindness. I don't know. I'm not really uh, I, sure. I took that more as like, maybe it's just for me watching Supernatural. That's <laughs> typically like the eyes. Right, right, that, right. Yeah, okay. that, I, I can't wait to see what happens with Miss Wardwell in the upcoming uh, episodes of this season. Uh, yeah. I think it's she's going to be really cool like the rest of the season. Yeah. And then we get the last scene in the episode. The bluest eye is there in the library, and now there is a secret group of banned books. <coughs> and Wardwell says she's got a little something for each of them. And then the episode ends. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what was your guys' opinion on it I, as a whole? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, right out the gate, I would, I would say this. Um, this is my favorite episode so far. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, having Daniel Webster as a character in this universe is super interesting. Mm -hmm. I really especially, love that. Especially with the character that we all know that we're going to get. Right. Which we have a few theories about that, which we could probably talk about because we have enough time. Right, right, right. One of our theories, so we'll, we'll talk Chris about and I that were talking with, about. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that with the Easter eggs because it's going to kind of go in there. Right, right, in right. Hand. Okay, so... Um, yeah, let's get right into the Easter eggs and pop culture references. Uh, so first off, we have to talk about The Devil and Daniel Webster. It's a 1941 film about a 19th century Hampshire um, farmer who makes a pact with Satan for economic success. Then he enlists Daniel Webster to extract him from his contract. Mm -hmm. um, also... A funny thing about this actor who is playing Daniel Webster in this show. He actually played a similar character to Daniel Webster before on the show Angel, where the character oh. makes a similar mm. pact. Yeah, that's oh. interesting. Yeah. I, I love the devil and Daniel Webster, which you have actually heard before on the show. Right. That we have been ahead of a lot of these. <laughs> right. A lot well, of these things, because we've talked that, about this in our trailer breakdowns. It blew my mind, because we were like, oh, yeah, there's this character, Nicholas Scratch. Um, mm -hmm. And that's interesting, because that character was, yeah. you know, the main antagonist. Scratch. In the de devil and Daniel Webster. Mm -hmm. Boom, we got Daniel Webster, mm -hmm. which leads... Chris and I were talking about this, and it leads us to thinking... Maybe Nick Scratch isn't a, just a student, um, but maybe... He's a villain. He's a villain. He's, he, he's the, not just a villain. Right. The Dark Lord he's, in oh, human form. He's going to be the Dark Lord. That's that's our theory. That's our theory. You sure. guys know, because you guys have seen it. But right. That's our theory just based on the Devil and Daniel Webster. Right. And Scratch, in it, if you haven't seen the Devil and Daniel Webster, you absolutely should. Scratch is played by Walter Houston, and he gives us absolutely phenomenal performance. And it's actually interesting. Like it, they, they really don't have anything to do with one another, only because in the original, Daniel Webster actually resists the devil's cries. Temptation. Right. Because he's trying to say, hey, you take this, we're going to make you president, which is what he's they say he's going to become, and he resists it. Right. So it's a little bit different on, on this end. And Daniel Webster did, in fact, beat the devil. Right. And we don't know that technically, technically he may have beaten the devil in, well, in this episode. It is implied that yeah. he did. It's implied, but he says that you never truly beat him. So right. maybe he beat him, but 
Now he has to suffer through, like, all those those kid visions and everything. Well, that, but, yeah, like, I feel like he beat him in terms of his own soul, but he did get all these murderers and all that off, you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, it, it kind of bites back, you know? Um, yeah, so the next reference uh, is The Bluest Eye, which is a book by... Toni Morrison, which centers on the life of an African-American girl named Pocola, who grows up following the years of the Great Depression. Now, due to controversial topics in the book, including racism, incest, and child molestation, there have been numerous attempts to ban it from schools and libraries, just like this episode. Um, But the author, she was a single mother and taught at Howard University, Toni Morrison. So I thought that was pretty cool, because that's talked about a lot in this episode. Um, and then Hawthorne mentions other novels that have been banned from the school. Um, and those novels are Clockwork Orange and Lolita. Lolita. Now, both are books that cause a lot of controversy due to the material in it. But they were both eventually made into films... And directed by Stanley Kubrick, which I thought, it's really weird, the two books he mentions both were directed by Stanley Kubrick, you know? Um, Now, Book of the Beast. Now, we see where Sabrina, in the courtroom, uh, this material is presented, that her name's in the Book of the Beast, Mm -hmm. Blackwood presents this, but there are some names that we see in the book. Courtesy of me. (laughs) So, (laughs) the first name we see... Um, that really sticks out is Sarah Good. It's the only name that looks like it's crossed off. I did notice that. Yeah, which I I thought was weird. Or I I have no idea why. Maybe it's um, just a signature. Maybe it. Just... Yeah, I, who uh, knows? Maybe yeah. because she was executed. In Could the be. yeah. So, anyways, um, her name is mentioned now. Sarah Good was executed in the uh, Salem Witch Trials back in 1692. Another name we see is, now I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correct, but it's Barbara Zadunk. And now she was an alleged witch and arsonist from Poland and considered by many to have been the last woman executed for witchcraft in Europe in 1811. Um, Another name we see is Ursula Kemp, Almost like Kemper, one of the characters that is an alleged witch, too. Mm -hmm. um, Was executed for witchcraft in 1582. Uh, Katharina Hanoi, alleged witch in Germany. Most famous German victim of the German witch hunt. Uh, And then we have Mima Renard, an alleged Brazilian witch. Regarded as perhaps the most famous of the Brazilian witch trials. And she died also in 1692, but in uh, Sao Paulo. Oh. Yeah. Like, in Brazil. Yeah. Which is crazy. I didn't even know Brazil had witch trials, too. Neither did I. Until I looked up the name, and I was like, what? I didn't even know that. <laughs> so it's just really bizarre. Anyways, um, now we see a kid. He's hanging up a poster when Sabrina's walking through the, the halls. And it's a Riverdale versus Baxter High bowling poster. I actually sent it to you. We will share yes. it on Twitter. All, a lot of these things we're going to share on Twitter and I'll circle them and you guys could check it all out. Um, we get a reference to Salem's Lot. 
open the window mark which is said by luke is a reference to stephen king's salem lot so when uh salem or uh, ambrose hears a knock at the window it's like gong 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 and he goes to open it and it's like open the window mark that is actually a line said in the salem's Salem's lot film yeah um then Ambrose's response was Judas Priest. Yeah. Now, (laughs) for those who don't know, Judas Priest was a heavy metal band formed in 1969 that has become one of the most popular heavy metal bands of all time. Um, And that is pretty much all of that. If you want to add this to your Sabrina mix, the song that is playing... During that scene is New Kind of Kick by the Cramps, um, which I thought was one really cool rad song. Nice. Yeah. There were some pretty good Easter eggs. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> Mostly the Daniel Webster stuff, but... Right. No, no, no. no everything I, is I really agree. cool. Everything yeah. is really cool. Um, especially finding some more names in those those witch books. Yeah. Right. Which uh, were so much clearer... Yes. And that's like one thing, like the penmanship was much better. Um, So it was easier to look up those names compared to the first time around. We're like, well, this looks like... uh." So anyways, let's move on to the witch notes. So a pact with the devil is present in many stories about witchcraft. The idea being that someone trades their immortal soul for power or talent. Now, a prime example is the story of Faust by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, or the tragical or the tragic history of the life and death of Doctor Faustus by Christopher Marlowe. Now, Father Blackwood's name we find out is Faustus. Faustus. So, uh, in Harvey's room. Now, this is one thing I tried to send to you too. And luckily, our friendly neighborhood witch was able to do some digging and found out this. So in Harvey's room, one of the drawings on the wall, um, there's a series of hands uh, that are drawn coming what looks like from the bottom of the page reaching out. And on top of it says, In Morgan Vedai Sum Jin, which is roughly in the morning, the sunshine. Now, perhaps this was inspired by watching Night of the Living Dead and is a, um, the sequel is called Dawn of the Dead. Mm. So it could be a reference to that. Or is this foreshadowing to something about the minds and the sun? Who knows? You know what I mean? They're, they're, we see Tommy, uh, Harvey, and the father all talking about the minds in the scene. And it is weird that it says the sun will come tomorrow. So who knows if that is some kind of weird foreshadowing. Um, yeah. Now, when the court threatens that Sabrina will burn for 333 years, three is a number associated with the Holy Trinity, or perhaps it is just half of the number 666. Now, the number of the beast referenced in the Bible Um Revelations chapter 13, verse 18. This is where it calls for wisdom. Let the one who has insight calculate the number of the wild beast, for it is a man's number, and its number is 666. So, 
that could be a reference to that or the Holy Trinity, which is three. Also, Blackwood mentions the swimming test in the finding of the witch's mark. Mm -hmm. Now, these were two tests actually used during the witch trials in Europe for detecting a witch. And that is all the witch notes. Always wonderful. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Always incredible to, to hear a lot of these notes because I definitely have no idea on a lot of them. Yeah. I, actually, <laughs> I, I love the insight. Me too. The insight. Right. Insight's stuff. wonderful. So thank you again, Friendly Neighborhood Witch. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, I there was a lot of cool stuff. I'm, like I like she points out that drawing i don't know if it's foreshadowing or not who knows i feel like there is something coming i mean it looks very important about for some reason the dark lord wants her specifically to sign that book now you don't see him like fighting not that a lot of people are going against the grain but why sabrina why is she so important to have yeah and 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 I mean, if you have Miss Wardwell, Blackwood, everybody is pushing for her specifically. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, like if and Connor it, Kemper, yeah, what's his deal? Like if he didn't sign the yeah. Book of the Beast, like it wasn't important. Why is Sabrina important? And so. that's what I think is going to lead us to Nick Scratch. Because we've already compared these things from oh, what we've heard right. in the trailer to what we have in... Episode two, right? Where the Dark Lord says, "I admire your defiance, Sabrina." And up until this point, the only line that I know of Nick Scratch to have is what? I like my witches rebellious. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the only line we hear from Nick Scratch. That's in that it. trailer, and it is really weird that the end of episode two, he does a comments, similar line, right? On that. So I I'm I'm all in on this theory Me too. I am. that Nick Scratch is actually the uh Dark Lord in human form. I um, am too. Yeah. I don't I, know, I but so. I mean It makes perfect I, it sense. It makes yeah. Um it, it would be interesting to see that. Definitely. I mean, like, who knows? We could be wrong. We could be completely wrong. We can. You guys could be listening <laughs> to this and be like, wow, these assholes <laughs> are so way, way out. out. <laughs> yeah. And like we said uh, earlier, and if this is your first episode listening, we actually are watching it one by one every week. And uh, so we don't know where this show leads. Um, we're just speculating at this point. You and guys know. We we, we, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we're totally That's the off. big thing is we have no idea. <laughs> and we're probably totally off. Who knows? But at the same time, I feel like, that I don't know. I feel like these are all clues, and maybe I'm looking into it way too much. I don't know because this this is how we figured out Riverdale. Right, once we went back. All the clues that were uh, kind of there, staring us in the face. <laughs> um, so now we get to go one by one, and we're paying attention to all these little tiny yeah. little details. these tiny details here. Yeah, and it's very interesting. So who knows it, where this theory lies? If it's true or not, but. That is what I'm thinking. That's what you're thinking, Russ. What are you that's, thinking? That's what I'm thinking, too. That's what you're thinking, too? Right, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, too. Good. All right. Yeah. All right. Want to get into the plugs? Yeah, let's get, get into, into the, the plugs. plugs. Two, two seconds here. All right. All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Chilling Coven. Um, if you got any questions, you could you could comment 
your thoughts, so you can email us at thechillingcoven at gmail.com. Uh, and thanks to our friendly neighborhood witch for giving us the 411 and all the cool witchcraft info. Yeah. And um, for the season finale, we're going to do a YouTube stream. We're going to be in uh, Salem, Massachusetts. Right. And we're and, so uh, excited. Yeah, we can't yes. wait. And uh, if you want to rate, rate and review us, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Right. That's a big thing. Yeah. If, if you like what we do, subscribe to us and rate us. That's, that's the only way that we can get this podcast to grow. Right. And we found out like, when we get comments and we get subscriptions and ratings, we go up. Yeah. We go and, up the list. And we're so. on Spotify, so you can listen to us on Spotify. We're big on Spotify, so... Yeah, we, listen, yeah, we absolutely are. To us on Spotify. And if you guys have any kind of suggestions on different platforms that you'd like to see us on, yeah. I know I submitted our podcast to iHeartRadio. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. We'll see. Awesome. I know that they don't have a very high acceptance rates, so we'll see for mm, podcasts. Hopefully. But hopefully, yeah. we we do have a, a decent size listening base, and yeah, right. you know, we definitely want to thank everybody out there for yeah, thank you. for continuously listening to us. Yeah, yeah. guys, crazy appreciate... crackpot theories, and most of all, <laughs> thank you for not spoiling anything on us yet yeah. so far. Thank you. Thank you. And, and guys, like I said before, a lot of these Easter eggs, I am going to post some pictures to our Twitter, so if you don't have Twitter, you can check us out on there. Uh, we are in the midst of trying to make an Instagram. Yeah, I was I gonna say I'm Instagram. Um, yeah, we're gonna make so one. we could share stuff there too. Okay, we actually have one. Oh, okay. And yeah. then, um, yeah. So we're going to you know share all these photos of stuff we find and all the names and all that kind of stuff. So that way you guys could see a visual companion of what we're talking about. Yeah. And I actually was thinking about putting out a poll. Would you guys like us to create a Facebook? I know that's kind of been Oh, like a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? Because I am not a Facebook person. Me neither. So that seems like something that you can do. That actually seems seems something like Airhorn. I can do it. I'm on on Facebook every day. I can do it. I have to say your notes were killer, except <laughs> yes. for the one where you didn't have notes for anything. My my favorite Ross line of all time is I was complaining about how long it takes to write out an episode because it takes a long time. It does. And Ross comes out with like one page. He's like, how do you think I feel? It took me an hour to write this. And I was like, what? <laughs> How did it take you an hour to write that? You have like five lines. <laughs> Chris is like, I like this. I like that. And we're like, that's all you got? He's like, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, I don't have any notes for that. <laughs> I don't have any notes for that. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. We, we gotta, we're going to put that as an outtake on one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A very important scene that we asked Russ what he thought of. And Russ just looks around and goes, I don't have any notes for that. <laughs> Like, it, it's literally uh. one of the most important scenes in episode two. And we have the audio saved as a clip, so we're going to put it as an outtake. Oh, one my of the God. You are one yeah. crazy man. That's all I got to say. With that being said, guys, what do we have to say now? Time, Time to fly! fly. Which is...